Due to my strong personal convictions, I want to stress that this podcast in no way endorses a belief in the occult. This week on the Story Song Podcast. All right, hey everybody, welcome back. It's our Halloween episode. This is, of course, the Ooh. Gory Song Podcast. Yeah, well, there you uh, go. I'm, I'm Dan Hack and Ernie. I'm Rachel, go ahead. I, 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 I'm, I'm Hatchet Oaks. <laughs> okay, that was terrible, Michael. Uh, uh, and uh, I didn't know we were doing this bit, so I'm Michael Gazelle. I know. First of all, um, Michael, you the, should the, be the, Michael Gulzell. We've done this already. But yeah, but you're Michael Gulzell. Didn't you once, weren't you once Rachel Boo Oaks? That's right. I tried to kick it up a notch. It did <laughs> yeah. not work. That Look, was, here's the deal. That was a classic. We're already going off the rails. The reason why I'm doing this is, guys, this is a long song. Okay, we got a lot to get to. <laughs> He's just shy of six minutes. So we don't have time. Um, no, of course, I'm just kidding. The song is six um, minutes, guys. but, you know, it's four and a half minutes of sound effects, so. That's yeah, true. there's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of howling, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get there. Half that is howling. Right there. There's, there's still a lot to go through there. So, uh, yes, obviously we're talking. This is our Halloween episode. Boo, everybody. Uh, hope you're all creeped out. Boo, out there. like scary boo. We're not actually, we're not booing everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's We're not right. booing. We would never boo our audience. No, we yeah. love you guys. We're just trying to scare you. Um, did it work? Were you scared? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyway, I mean that that really full, full voiced, full throated boo that you gave them, Dan. Really, <laughs> yeah. really did it. You were like, anyway, boo. Anyway, it's Halloween. <laughs> I'm Hi, just everybody. trying to say. I'm in a rush. We got a lot to get through. I'm just trying to, I don't want, I don't want to, uh, you know, undersell. I don't, I don't want to shortchange people on the Halloween episode, but we got a lot to get through guys. It's yeah. a lot to talk. Because. Um, and also, and, uh, there may be, uh, a lot of backstory on this one too. So both, both sides of this are going to, might come in a little fat, but, um, anyway, we're talking about the song thriller. By Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Rachel, yeah. why don't you tell us the story of this story song? Well, Dan. And I should mention, before you do that, uh-huh. I'm a little bit throwing you under the bus. Because as we discussed yeah. uh, off mic, uh, this is not strictly a story song. Um, I think there is maybe a situation uh, yeah. happening. Um, but there are a lot of details, uh, yes. which makes it good for us. I'll so s- yeah, I, I I will say this: the 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 story of this song is like, hey, let's watch all the spooky movies on Halloween and then probably make yeah. out. That is yeah, yeah. the if you didn't realize that is the actual s- story of Thriller. It is not about ghouls and goblins. You are not mm-hmm. being attacked. You think you are. You're not. Right. You're watching well, some you're, movies and cuddling and Netflix and chilling. Yeah, I think <laughs> our our protagonist is using the time honor tradition of having a girl w- with him while they watch spooky movies, and maybe she gets creeped out. Maybe she moves a little closer. Mm-hmm. Her heart's racing. She's excited, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that's happening is happening on the screen, although it maybe it feels like mm-hmm. it's happening to you because uh, you're watching a scary movie. Um, but towards the end, it's, I think, made explicit that they are watching 
scary movies on TV, which you do around Halloween time. That's and right. And also you, you play the song. So yeah. it was perfect. What a twist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this no. is, as as Halloween songs go, this is a big one. Now you will, you will only be hearing the Party City version of this song. <laughs> 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 it's supposed to midnight. Something evil's lurking in the dark. So I want to start reading the lyrics here at the top. So let me see if I got here. Okay. Door Creek. <laughs> chains, chains, chains. The Foley Wolf worm Howell. is amazing. <laughs> um, oh, no, I'm sorry. I forgot that at the, the first, uh, and I've clocked it, 38 seconds. Uh, yeah, someone just leaves a Party City uh, haunted house yeah. tape, <laughs> sound effects tape running. Right. Because um, I love this song, but I don't know about this. I don't know about this beginning part. I mean, it's fine. But we we have discussed before, so I'm not gonna blur it. We have discussed before. You're at the Halloween party. They put on Thriller. Obviously, it makes sense. And then there's the 30 seconds where everyone has to just kind of stand around because there's sounds of door, doors creaking and yeah. wolves howling. The song doesn't really kind of kick in. You're right, rocking right back and forth, getting ready. You're rocking back yeah, and yeah. forth. Everybody knows your feet, what's coming. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone knows what's coming, but it takes a little while before they get there yeah that's all i'm gonna say what's interesting Uh, though is the what you're describing is the album version the mm -hmm. version that's on the album thriller the the single version um that appears on a couple of michael jackson compilation albums um doesn't have that intro it just starts in with the music which is great for a halloween party but when you're used to the album version Mm -hmm. it sounds so short. Right, right, right. And I mean, I don't it, know if it, I've it ever, throws you off. I don't know if I've ever been to like a Halloween party where they didn't play the album version. I mean, I right. think that's, I think the album version is the version. Now, and like you said, if you were to play the single version, I think people would be like, oh, you, you, you're missing the beginning of the song. Here. You missed a minute like, of it. Yeah, yeah. What's weird so, about the single version, though, is, I mean, like it makes sense for radio because you're not going to necessarily play a right. minute of of Halloween sounds on the radio, but mm-hmm. um, what's weird about the the single version is it ends with the sound effect that the album version ends with. Like it ends with that, like with the door creaking again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that nice that slides. just means he was always there. He never <laughs> entered the room. He was just always there. Yeah, creepy. Um, Vincent Price is always there yeah yeah Um, okay so yeah so and then it says it's close to midnight and something evil is lurking in the dark under the moonlight you see a sight that almost stops your heart 
pretty scary stuff, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I I mean, listen, if this was, if you didn't know what the song was about, right, you would be like, Mm -hmm. this is going to get gory. This is going to get gory. This is it. Things are going to happen. The thing that's, the thing that I do, because now obviously we've, you know, we've lived with this song for many decades yeah. at this point. But just kind of thinking to back exact. to it. If 40 I can, decades? If I can, oh, sorry. Decades. Four decades. To be exact. <laughs> um, 400 years. <laughs> um, how to cook for a 40 unit. So <laughs> um, if I can get meta right at the top here. Sure. You, you know, all of, the, all of the Michael Jackson songs are about you know, girls and dancing, get into fights and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and it all makes sense. Why this? <laughs> That's the thing I don't understand. Because it's not even like this came out around Halloween, right? right? Like this was just a song that he put out, and it's just, a, it's like, it's just a, it's just weird. I mean, you know, again, we we've just accepted it because we've just been, it's been with us forever. Yeah, I but, mean, we'll get into it. You yeah. were not, you weren't really the only person who thought that. Um, right. so <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I have a theory about it. Yeah. Okay. And I think right. we will probably talk about it more in the second section. I'm happy to talk about it now, but, um, it, it's, I, I'm just saying these lyrics are not something you normally find in a, in a dance pop song. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not at I mean, all. The monster mash. I was going to say, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're, they're fantastic. Including the. The internal rhymes of midnight, moonlight, uh, you know, uh, it's almost stops your heart. Like it's, it's everything's perfect, um, but you know, bizarre. Right. <laughs> I guess. Right. Again, that's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Um, so you try to scream, but terror takes the sound before you make it. You start to freeze as horror looks you right between the eyes. You are paralyzed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> These are good lines. I mean, it sets you it sets you up with the with a with attention. That idea of not being able to scream, not being able to make sounds. Oh, you ever mm. had that in a dream where you try and oh scream and talk in a dream and you can't? Oh god, yes. that's my least favorite dream thing. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but you could see like where like this is a and and we'll go through they're they're kind of you know. We say this isn't a story per se. It is. It's a story within a story. Because these first verses are basically telling us the story of a movie that is being watched. So this is the first part. You know, they're walking around and something they kind of see a little something. And then they try to scream and they can't. And then you can see like almost that this is like the that opening shot of a horror movie where it's like the first kill of a horror movie where the person's paralyzed and it freezes. And if it's a 70s car movie, it's like that weird frozen moment where they do the zoom in. Um, so that's that's what this is. It's a story within a story. Yes. And this is the first part of it. Yeah. And what it does well is one, it it sets up, like you said, the tension that you would feel in a horror movie. Right. Um, whether you are watching one or you're a character in one. Um, but it also doesn't immediately give away that 
the characters in this song are watching a movie. Correct. So yeah, you you you're kind of in the position of the characters in that you feel the way they do because they feel like they're in this movie. Yes. Can I throw out a theory? Never. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> here's the theory. Each verse is a different movie they're watching. Uh, well, that I, I let me <laughs> Rich, tell you. Rich just, hold on, Rich just threw up her hands. <laughs> yes, I have that. Okay. She threw I, up her hands, but she threw up her hands to do the thriller choreography. As we yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm rocking back and forth. Um actually it was the it was the Backstreet's back choreography. I always get them confused. Um the that's part of it. My my whole thing when you watch this you're like, are they just are, when you watch it, when you listen to it, like are they just channel surfing? Like stick on one, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch one movie Maybe. through. Cuz as you go through, you'll see like is this the same movie? Are they watching different things? Is this just Right. Every, it's just one movie that has every single horror trope in it and sci-fi trope in it. Right. Yeah. Let's, we'll put a pin in that until we, until we yes. come to it. But yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But yeah, that, that was always, whether or not they are flipping around the channels um, and what a, and what a nightmare scenario you live in where every channel is showing a terrifying <laughs> horror movie. I mean, my God. It's Halloween. Give me a oh. great pumpkin, Charlie Oh, Brown. sure. Well, yeah, give me a great pumpkin, uh, a Halloween that almost wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, something, something fun. Something. I have a theory. Okay. Now you give a theory. Okay. So, Rachel, when was this song released? Uh, this released? It was released yeah, the, in as the single. The single in the U.S. Yeah. it was released in '84. Specifically, January <sighs> of '84. Okay, this isn't okay. Halloween. It's New Year's Eve, and they're watching the Twilight Zone marathon. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Ooh. Hey, all right. I like that. I like that too. Because it's so, close to midnight. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So two things. One, we're gonna we're gonna have to hold on to this episode uh, until January. This will be our That's New right. Year's mm -hmm. episode, not our Halloween episode. Yep. Two, it totally explains the part in the bridge where he says, "Let's change the channel to the Honeymooners Marathon <laughs> on Channel Eleven yeah. as a palate cleanser." I don't want to miss the part where uh, he he learns how to golf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, it's the, you... Uh, it's the Chef of the Future episode. Yeah. Uh, we should oh, watch that. Oh, it's a apple. <laughs> Michael, I have to say, I thought you were going to say, it explains the part in the lyrics where he says, he broke his glasses, <laughs> and then it turned out he was in hell the whole time. Wish him to the cornfield. <laughs> William Shatner can't stop gambling with the thing. <laughs> it's on the wing. Why does no one else but Shatner see it? I mean, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. How did we miss this? It's so That's clear. Amazing. So obvious when you look at it. Co-written by William Shatner. What? What? Side Maybe note, we William have just Shatner been listening to the single version. <laughs> Side note, William Shatner's in a lot of Twilight Zone episodes. I don't know if he's in a lot, but he's, I know in, he's, he's, he's in, in at, at least, least two. two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's There's in more. Gremlin on the wing, and then he has the... the Fortune teller. 
You can't leave the diner. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And then um, at one point uh, in the song, they talk about Art Carney dressed as Santa. And right. they're like, they're like, so we're watching the honeymooners. No, no. that's the Twilight Zone. That's the right. twist. And that's that's where the song gets crazy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, should we flip over to the ball dropping? <laughs> okay. Um, it's so- the Clark's New Year's rocking. <laughs> <laughs> With Ryan C. Crest. <laughs> anyway, um, so you're paralyzed. You guys, we got a whole song. This is good. Because <laughs> this is Thriller, Thriller Night, and no one's going to save you from the beast about to strike. You know it's Thriller, Thriller Night. You're fighting for your life inside a killer thriller tonight. Mm. Is a Thriller Night a thing? No. Okay. Um... <laughs> Do you think well, they, were, they were like, what, what should we do tonight? Should we, let's have a movie night. I've got a yeah. better idea. Let's have a thriller night. What? Is, but, but here's the question. Is thriller night, is that like the USA up all night? Yes. Equivalent. Yeah, that's like, what I, do you yeah. think the name of the show that they're watching that's showing scary movies is called thriller night? It's the local oh, affiliate maybe, yeah. with like the guy in a Dracula costume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because in some ways that's uh, that's even, I don't know, funnier is the word or like cooler is like if the movies they're watching are actually not that scary. Yeah. But when you're a when you're a kid or when you're like really into it, right? Your imagination runs wild. Sure. Um, yeah. I can remember seeing something on TV that, in retrospect, watching it now, not particularly scary, but absolutely scared the bejesus out of me. Um, and sent me running into another room and crying. Um, that thing was the video for Thriller. So <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but that's another story. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So um. I mean, pretty straightforward. It's Thriller night. Um. You're fighting for your life inside a killer. So. So they're on the magic school bus. And they oh, have gotcha. just picked an inopportune <laughs> time and an inopportune person to find their colon. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like go to like the lower intestines. No, yeah, yeah. Um, no, they're. It's like it's it's very meta. Like, are they in the movie? Are they watching the movie? Right. Like, you know, yeah. you're a character and an observer all at once. It's like so right. deep, man. Are you One thing I also do like is Michael is sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. right? And he's explaining to the characters in the movie what's happening to them. He's like, you hear the door slam. <laughs> <laughs> and realize there's nowhere left to run. You feel the cold hand. And you wonder if you ever see the sun. Like, and the characters sort of, on the screen are just like, I know. I heard, I I know. I heard the yeah. door slam. We all it's heard the door slam. 
It's just happening right now. You don't need to tell me what's going on. Michael's Buddy, girlfriend is script. like, Michael's girlfriend is like, can you, you have to do this to every movie we watch? Every yeah. movie. I got to let the characters know what's going on. <laughs> she's, she's like, all right, I guess so. Whatever. Watch, watch. She's going to close her eyes. You're going to close your eyes and hope it's just imagination, girl. <laughs> uh, you close your eyes and hope that it's just imagination, girl. But all the while, you hear a creature creeping up behind. You're out of time. Ooh, that's it. That's the second act of this movie. You think it's the second act? Or do you think... Because the first movie, the first verse seems more like like a monster movie, right? Meaning like there's like a monster like a Dracula. in the woods. Mm-hmm. No, I was, actually, I was going to say more like a, maybe like a werewolf, werewolf. Or, or, or even like a slasher film or like the blob or something. There's something in the woods. This one feels more psychological. This is more of like a vampire is like slowly making its way into your, well, into your life. Right. Or you're trapped. Cause this is, this, this person's not like paralyzed. They're like trapped in this, in this house or something. And there's something creepy behind them. It just seems like a slightly different situation. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is the second movie that they're watching. I think it could be. And I think that, I think, I think it definitely could be. Or it's the fifth episode of the Twilight Zone. Or it sure. could be the same movie. It's just like, you know, they're paralyzed, but then they run and they go into like the haunted house because it's the only place that's around. And then this is the second mm-hmm. part. You know, this is where the second yeah, yeah. murder happens. Um, <laughs> but that's the great thing. Like it it does. I, I did always think that it was probably a bunch of different movies, mostly for the mostly for the bridge and the way that the um chorus comes together because he's just again they start throwing out a lot of different creatures yeah, yeah. and you're like whoa yeah. what's happening here so because this is thriller thriller night there ain't no second chance against the thing with 40 eyes girl now this this is a different this is a different movie this is what i'm saying i agree i think so uh thriller thriller night you're fighting for uh, no am i oh yeah i'm on yeah. the right line you You're fighting it. for your life inside of killer thriller tonight. Um, yeah, the 40 eyes thing seems different. Or this could just be an amalgamation of basically, again, every horror movie that's right. ever been made. Right. Um, but just... yeah, I do. I like the idea that they're just like each as the song goes along, they're watching like they're just doing a movie marathon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah as it gets into it again, like we'll st- we'll start seeing he just starts piling on every single type of creature that you could have in a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, maybe it's one horror movie with an incredible budget. Mm-hmm. Or they're watch- just watching home videos of the Monster Mash. <laughs> <laughs> If this is the first time you're ever hearing this song, right? The mm-hmm. song's great. The song's like the song's really, really, really good. This next part kicks it up mm-hmm. to to classic level. Every time this part starts, I'm like, oh yeah, this song is so good. <laughs> um, 
Because he goes, night creatures crawl in the dead star to walk in their masquerade. Um, I did not do it as well as he does. But um, night creatures crawl and the dead start to walk in their masquerade. There's no escaping the jaws of the alien this time. And then somebody, they are open wide. Um, this is the end of your life. So now we're dealing with aliens. Yes, and night creatures and we're dealing with aliens. We're dealing with night creatures. We're dealing with zombies. Yeah. A creature with 40 eyes, which is... Why is it in my head that sound that seems cute? Like it's got googly <laughs> I mean, eyes. It could be. It could be. Sure. You know? How cute would that be? Just a little I mean maybe four, little forty may, eyed little creature. Maybe when they say there's no chance against a thing with forty eyes, I mean there's no way you're not gonna fall in love with it. Yeah. Oh no, you're like, not. You're gonna you're gonna wanna take it home. You look into and, its cute little forty eyed face. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? You're for me. You're my. You're like my little pet. <laughs> I love it. Because um, I'll tell you, nothing's cuter than puppy dog eyes. And when you got forty, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Listen, I, I will say this. I don't ask a lot of our listeners, but I will say, if any of you are artists and want to make a little creature who has forty eyes and is adorable, I would it's be very happy. No. I could picture it in my mind, and he's uh, the cutest. You know, you, you, you find a 40-eyed creature at the pound and yeah. I'm like, oh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't bring him home. But how can I, how can I say no to that look and that yeah. look and, and that, that look <laughs> and that look <laughs> and that one? There's that one, too. So uh, I covered a mile, oh, mile away, man. Michael, but That's I still what, loved it. it you great. still landed it real well. Landed it. Landed the plane. Um, it's all um, about the delivery. I just want to say this one. I can't speak to the 40 eyes, but uh, night creatures crawl and the dead start to walk in the masquerade. There's no escaping the jaws of the alien this time. This is the end of your life. I do just want to point out there's a good possibility they are watching the film Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is about mm-hmm. space aliens. Yeah, that's true. That use their space technology to make uh, dead bodies come back to life. That's true. That's so, true. I, I could be a coincidence, but <laughs> well, maybe they are. Maybe they are. I mean, this is, that's, this is a really cheapo. Uh, horror movie show though, that if they're if they're watching Plan Nine because great that movie stinks <laughs> yeah um in the, in the best way possible they also like just referencing the the idea that there's no escaping the jaws of the alien this time mm-hmm. those are also two horror movies that sort of subliminally work their way into ooh Jaws and Alien yeah. I got it. Oh, no, I yeah, got it. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Dan's looking at you like he didn't, couldn't figure it out? Yep. Oh. No, I knew it. I knew it the whole time. I, <laughs> I figured it out. That's my favorite movie of all time, The Jaws of the Alien. Guys, yeah. I, I watch it every I watch it every <laughs> day. It's the best. This bridge, it just really does, like you said, it starts to escalate things and, and amp up sort of the anxiety that it's supposed to build, right? So I think that's yeah, the other reason. Yeah, because it's everything. It's everything. So they're literally start throwing. He starts throwing everything at you. Yeah. And then and then it gets to the the next verse, which shows us the twist. Yeah. All 
I do remember the first time I I sort of clocked that unless you change the number on the dial. And I was like, oh. Like, I, I had fully been like, oh, they're watching movies. But I was right. like, oh, okay. It's like a horror movie thing. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it is. It's You can go your whole life and not really put it together. <laughs> Do you know? Many, sadly, many people go to their graves. Um, <laughs> Without ever, <laughs> without our understanding what Thriller is about, right, right. Well, and unless it's, it's like shameful. I'm gonna, mm-hmm, I'm just gonna throw one out. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm just gonna throw out real quick. Uh, former former U.S. President uh, Calvin Coolidge. I don't think ever knew. He never knew what the he song Thriller knew. was about. And it's sad. I mean, that's the great so, tragedy of his life. Yeah, so. he never, he never figured it out. Nope. Or her, <laughs> or heard the song. <laughs> Wasn't a big disco anyway. fan, Calvin Coolidge. No, sadly. But I mean, maybe, maybe he's talking about that emotional dial where you could go from being really scared to being like, nope, nope, I'm okay with this. I'm okay yeah. with these. Oh, uh, okay. That's right. I mean, it's not. It's it's absolutely yeah. the dial on a on a TV. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't think he's just working with her in in like therapy? Like, remember, change that number on your dial. You're you gotta, to you gotta get change that metaphorical up. dial. Like, That's that, right. That makes no sense at all. No, nope, mm. it does. I think if you think about it, it does. I mean, I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible doctor because I want you to cuddle closer to me while we watch horror movies. <laughs> no, so. I meant he is like a supportive partner who is oh, okay, helping her through. I got you. Her therapy. I got you. It is interesting um, that the original version of this song was about uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really write a lot about subtle suspense uh, and right. psychological <laughs> fear, but sure. yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. He's got a broken leg. The door. It's Jimmy Stewart. (laughs) Um, Her hairstyle is like a whirlwind. It's kind of like vertigo. It mimics the theme. (laughs) It mimics the theme. Um, Okay. So, yeah. So they're watching movies. um, And the only, you know, the demons are closing in on every side. They will possess you. Like so, you're done. There, you're gonna get possessed by a demon, or you can change the channel, and then you'll be fine. So I love that. That it's like if you know, like in her mind, it's like really happening. She's so scared. You know yeah. what I mean? That it's like it's right there, but then in reality, they're just watching on on TV. Let's also not forget, like this, you know, this is the '80s. I mean, TVs were small. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was actually blurry. just thinking that. At most, this is like a 20 inch screen. The thing that that's really scary about old TVs is that, um, or at least watching movies on them, is that they would crop the picture and compromise the filmmaker's vision. That's sure. Mm-hmm. That's that was the part or that they terrorized the Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael was like, "Pan and scan." No, <laughs> <laughs> this is not the way the filmmaker intended for me to see this film. <laughs> It's been formatted for my screen. How do they know what size my screen is? <laughs> so can we go through real quick the different mm-hmm. creatures that have been listed? You've Absolutely. got Absolutely. You've got 
Um, I guess well, some, something evil. I would say starting from the top, something evil is lurking in the dark. Right. You got something um, evil. So we don't know what that is. You but got something. a beast. There's a beast. Yeah. You've got a creature. Oh, you got a killer. Mm-hmm. You got That's a creature. True. You got a 40-eyed, adorable little thing. Well, we do want to... Uh, okay, so you're saying the cold hand belongs to the creature that's creeping? Yes. Oh, yes, he says. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's just a cold hand. Maybe it's thing from the Adams family. Ooh. You've got the night creatures, which I think are different than the other creatures. I agree. Yeah, um, yeah. let's, I think we can make that canon. Uh, you've got the dead, the dead, the masquerading dead. <laughs> the dead, yeah, the dead are walking. Yeah, alien. Wait, hold on. The Walking Dead. Oh, that's wow. got a really that good ring to it. Hmm. Someone should have wow. done something with that. They should. And then there's de- there's demons. So we've got nine. Yes. That's nine so far. So far. So um, far. We're gonna can have I name another a tenth? one. Which one? Fear in general. Wow, Michael. That's a character. Well, wow. That's a character in this song. <laughs> Wow. Oh yeah. The the other character mm. is uh is New, New York. York. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um and like society. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the real mo- you know what the real monster is? Capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guess what, guys? You've been listening to Trap <laughs> Trap House the whole time. We gotcha. <laughs> oh man. Wait a minute. Is I will say this. All through the night I'll save you from the terror on the screen. Any chance that the terror on the screen is the um is the ticks nemesis the terror? <laughs> Any chance? So. No. no All right, forget it. I'm going to say probably. Okay. No. Um so I'll make you see that this is thriller, thriller night. Girl, I can thrill you more than any ghoul would dare to try. So now It's 10. Here's the thing. Well, mm-hmm. cool. That's true. Um, here's the thing. Again, time tested. Time tested method. Now he's making his move. Yeah. Right? They watch a couple of movies. I can thrill you more than any ghoul. Right? Which is a weird thing to maybe <laughs> compare yourself to. But okay. You know, whatever works. It's fine. Yeah. So now, yeah. Now he's now he's looking maybe. For the second half of the Netflix and chill. That's right. This is, That's right. Even though no. this is, you know, thriller night, whatever, and chill back in back in the early eighties. But now I, when when I was a kid, I didn't I didn't get that part right. Um, but so I thought the thrill was more like he was still gonna kill her. <laughs> that like right. I can thrill you more than any ghoul would ever dare try. So he's and the, again we'll talk about the video later, but the video didn't help. Where it's like, well, no, I I, you, I'm your worst nightmare. I was about to say, it is reasonable to assume that he is, in fact, part of the horror movie that's going to kill her. Because right. I mean, again, that's, that's kind of what happens yeah. in, the, in, the, in the video. Um, I, think in the song, I think he's talking about his thrilling dance moves. Well, but I think in the song, yeah, he's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to now make his move. So let me hold you tight and share a killer, diller, chiller thriller here tonight mm-hmm. so phyllis diller phyllis diller's movie. there mm-hmm. either that or he is reading from uh phyllis diller a phyllis diller joke book <laughs> it's sure. like let me share one diller with you and then i'll right. give you a burns and allen can i just can i just say one thing 
Well, you know what's the scariest thing of all? <laughs> How much this lady hates her husband. That's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, she just rails into She's him. Got, oh, Phyllis. Oh, my God. They should just, I mean, they should just get divorced. Like, yeah. Jeez. She's got a lot of problems with this guy. Um, a killer. Di- what does that mean? Does it mean anything or is it just, a, a, is it like a Michael, Michael, I Bo mean, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's at the point now. He's so deep into it. He's just babbling. He's just yeah. trying anything. Um, you know. Mm, killer, diller, chiller. What? Yeah, yeah. What are you saying? Yeah, yeah. The, the the ghouls are coming out of their graves and he's trying to get into her pants. That's that's the only thing that's happening. <laughs> that's right true. Now. So he's just he's just talking. Um so then he repeats again, because this is thriller, thriller night. Girl, I can throw you more than any ghoul would dare to try. Thriller, thriller night. If you guys are like, wow, he's really going through the lyrics, guys, we have not even gotten to Vincent Price. Okay. <laughs> we got a long way to go. We still have We got miles Vincent to go before we sleep. Price. Yes, yes Michael, Michael, please. Double checking it on uh, the lyrics on Pandora, which yeah. I would assume that the record company provides, um, mm. it says, um, share a killer, thriller, chiller, thriller here tonight. Thank okay. You. It sounds like he says Diller. I, that's, I wasn't sure whether it was Diller because I looked it up on the lyrics and, uh, by the way, everybody has their own opinion on what the lyrics are to this song. It was real tough to lock one down, but Pandora makes sense. Now I know. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, killer thriller chiller thriller here tonight is lazier than killer diller chiller <laughs> thriller. It makes more sense, but it makes more sense. I mean, was Phyllis us... Diller in a Vincent Price movie? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hope so. Or hope so. maybe they were both on Ed Sullivan one night, and they decided like this movie's too scary. Let's let's let's, let's watch Ed Sullivan. Here. That's right. That's I'm right. gonna be a, th- I'm gonna be a thousand percent honest with you. I don't really know who Phyllis Diller is. I mean, I know Get who she is. Out. No, no. I mean, I know she was a comedian, and did wouldn't she used to? She made fun of her husband, right, and called him killer all the time. She, that was like her bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 But oh, the killer that that goes into this. But no. Outside, her, I mean, wait, she, her husband wasn't killer. I think the dog was killer. Oh, the dog was killer? Okay. Yeah, so unless I'm thinking of like Half-Baked. It. I am thinking of Half-Baked, but no, no. But I think Phyllis Diller <laughs> also did. Anyway, it's not important. The point being that, I don't know, like, was she in movies and stuff? I don't know. I've never seen no, a Phyllis Diller she was movie. A, no, she was a, she wasn't, no. She, Carol Channing was in movies. The, okay. Phyllis Diller was just straight up comedian, like pre-Joan Rivers. Um, yeah, yeah. Just like all out there. I actually do have a Phyllis Diller joke book that's like a take on... It's not a joke book, but it's like it's a take on um like the how to be a good homemaker books. Um it's a mm. it's a it's a comedic version of it. I mean, I literally have it here. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh it is Phyllis Diller's housekeeping hints. Cleaning your house while your kids are still growing is like shoveling the walk before it stops snowing. Um she's great. But it's uh yeah, she's a, she's a riot. She's really funny. There's one lo- there's one chapter in here. This is probably all getting cut out. It's called Phyllis Diller's Successful Recipes and it's just blank pages. <laughs> That's so good. Love it. That's so good. I mean, Phyllis Diller was a groundbreaking comedian. Groundbreaking. For so many reasons. She had that long cigarette. Yeah. In the holder. 
she was she was great. But yeah, if you thought I was joking about the Phyllis Diller book, it's right here. Can't see it. So no, Phyllis Phyllis Diller is in some weird cartoon. I'm well, not sure if Scooby Doo. No, I'm not sure if this is a movie or like a TV special, but it's called Mad Monster Party. Um, <gasps> it stars it stars Boris Karloff as Frankenstein and Phyllis Diller as the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. So maybe they're watching Mad Monster Party, and they're talking about the Dills and her and her amazing work as uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. But it's like claymation. It's like a clay, claymation movie. Uh. Love it. Oh, Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, I'm, I'm at to the part of the trailer. The Bride of Frankenstein even looks like Phyllis Diller. <laughs> Perfect. In the claymation form. Perfect. All right. So uh, he says, again, girl, I can throw you more than any ghoul would dare to try because this is thriller, thriller night. Let me hold you tight and share a killer thriller tonight. Okay. Now, there's some music and stuff. It's all great. And then the greatest rap verse. <laughs> has ever happened has ever been dropped on an unsuspected that's right begins without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Now, here's my question. Here's what I think this is. Okay? Mm -hmm. They're watching a Vincent Price horror movie. Okay. This is happening... While they are hardcore making out on the couch, okay, and they are no longer they are no longer paying attention to what's going on. The reason why I say that is because Michael no longer need, feels the need to narrate what's happening in the movie. Right. Yeah, they're He's kind of checked out. Attention. At this point, Vincent Price has taken over the story, um, and he says, "Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood, and whoever shall be found." Without the soul for getting downed, must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Okay. So first of all, the monsters are going to kill anyone who cannot dance. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That is that is what is that is what is happening. That's fair. If you don't have the soul for getting downed, they're they're gonna get you. <laughs> they're terrorizing the neighborhood. Look, this is this is the world of disco. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's, that's what's going to happen. That's true. Yeah, yep. Dance to um, survive. Get down to survive. How do they? I mean, can they just tell that you can't dance, or do they? Or, or basically, is there like a dance contest? Everybody dance now. Everybody, <laughs> everybody dance now. I think bum, yeah. No, I bum, think they just bum, need bum, to. Bum. No, they can tell who has a soul. Okay. For getting down. It's innate. You just feel it. And when you're an undead creature of the night, you just have a sixth yeah. sense about these things. I mean, if I was in this situation, I'd be like, look, guys, you run, okay? Because obviously they're going to eat me. <laughs> so I'm going to give you guys 
I'm not even going to bother trying to get yeah. away. Uh, I had zero soul for getting down. Be like, In fact, I'm, I may even have a soul for getting up. I might even be the opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> so I will sacrifice myself. You guys try to run while you have the chance. I think that it's probably much more organized than that. I think, I think it is an actual dance competition. Oh, okay. I think All there right. is a table with zombies sitting at it that will rate you uh, from one <laughs> sure. to ten. That's right. Uh, each contestant uh, on, you know, like on a, a series of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And also you know. brains. Yeah. There's definitely going to be a host whose like category is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you know, disco realness or something. Yeah. All right. Category is alien realness. <laughs> Show it to me, Jaws. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> um yeah, so they kinda like they kinda have like a zombie, so you think you can dance. Mm-hmm. Um and then if you if they're not if they like you, you get the thumbs up and you go to the next round. Right. If they don't like you, you are swarmed by zombies and eaten alive. So, yeah, you face the hounds of hell and you rot inside face a corpse the hounds of hell. That's but you know I, what's funny? That's what mm-hmm. happens with people who are eliminated in the first round of the voice, too. Oh really? They don't tell you that. <laughs> I did not realize. But that's that. actually how yeah, it works, yeah. yeah. Um I've always thought for a for a fun little song that they play at like kids birthday birthday parties. At kids Halloween parties. Um the rot inside a corpse's shell is particularly a grisly detail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I think it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's not even your own body. You are shoved inside of a corpse where you must rot. Yeah. For all eternity. That's 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 rough, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, this this thing. part of the song gets gets pretty dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's it's Vincent Price doing it, so it's it's scary but friendly. Yeah. Yes. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, he doesn't sound very friendly. I gotta be honest. But it's Vincent Price. Yeah. I know, but I mean, he's gonna put me inside of a corpse, Michael. There's something coming. Well, about then him. learn to dance. Mm, it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you right now, it's not gonna happen. Um. Okay. So then Michael says, "I'm gonna tell you tonight. I'm gonna throw you tonight." And he keeps saying that for a while, and it's. I mean, it's all great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the kind of thing you can really read out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of you feel it. You know what I mean? Um. So then, um, the price man is back, and he says. The foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly goons from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. What's great about this is they're, much like the earlier, like the hidden kind of horror movie words, mm-hmm. there's the funk of 40,000 years, the soul mm-hmm. For getting down, like it's all like sort of yeah dance words that mm-hmm. that that double as horror words. Yes. So yeah. it works on it works much like the song, which is a scary song set to a disco beat. These are scary words that are also disco words. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Um. 
How bad does forty thousand years smell? Oh, that's funky. Ooh, um, ooh, it's it's funky. Well, you know, I'm not a big believer in uh, product placement, but with uh, new Febreze spray and Glade plugins, <laughs> um, it smells like the beach and fresh linen. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's see if we can get a sponsorship <laughs> deal with them. Febreze new extra strength. Takes away the funk of 40,000 years. You have our number. Not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and grizzly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to see you. Oh, I don't want to say, yeah, I mean, the foulest stench, the funk of 40,000, like, there's a, you know, it's just all good. Mm-hmm. It's just the grizzly, the grizzly ghouls. Yeah, the repeated consonant that, like, sounds. Yeah, the alliteration. Yeah. Is all good. Um, and though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the foreigners. <laughs> what I wonder about this last um, part of this part of the song is... Your body starts to shiver for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Is this, is this, um, you know, someone without the soul for getting down who can't resist uh, the opportunity to dance to the thriller? Ooh. Like, is the shivering... Uh, okay. Is that, like, is, is all of this sort of a metaphor for being brought into the dance? Mm. Maybe. Could be. Could be. Um, um, maybe it's a fight against, uh, to, to get away from disco. Maybe it's somebody who really loves the Bee Gees and like they're, and they're fighting to go towards Thriller. So they were really dancing to stay, uh, staying alive. Though mm-hmm. you fight to stay mm-hmm. alive, mm-hmm. your body starts to shiver for no more can resist the evil of next track, the Thriller. Thank you very much. Very <laughs> <laughs> <Really> nice. <laughs> But I mean, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's like this staying alive is a reference to another dance song. Yeah, it is. I mean, it could be. It could be. Because it doesn't really make any sense. You're fighting to stay alive, but you can't resist the evil of the thriller. Um, you shiver with well, fear. You're, you're fighting. But oh, you, you can't give in. It. You give in. Yeah. Well, I was going to say also maybe my theory was it was metaphorical. But it this last part, again metaphorically, is about the girl is about the girl giving in. Mm. Your body your body starts to shiver, but no gotcha. more can resist. You took it a sexy way. I, mean, I always do, Rachel. Michael took it a dancey way. You took it a sexy way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, you know, I'm just in touch with my sexuality. It's. Uh, yeah either way works I, I like it I don't hide it I like and either Vincent way. Price took it a scary way that's right mm-hmm. yeah he was like um, they were like what's the subtext to this and Vincent Price is like there is no subtext it's all ghouls <laughs> <laughs> um, okay quick question what's better this or Phil Rizzuto on uh Oh, by dashboard light. Oh, Ooh. don't make me choose. Don't make <laughs> that me is, choose. They are equally good 
casting decisions. Yeah. Like, like perfect. Absolutely perfect. Perfect. Is does Phil Rizzuto get the edge because he had absolutely no idea what they were doing until <laughs> he heard the song? I. <laughs> he, he and by might. the way, no. I by the I way, saw, I saw an. In, I think I saw an that's interview not at a some joke. point. That's that is not a joke. He did not understand. He was just like they're like you're gonna read this part. He was like okay, whatever. And then later when he heard the song, he was like, okay, okay, yeah. now I get it. Um. Anyway, sorry. I think I saw an interview with someone somewhere who was like, he knew. I mean, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he just, he's just said that. He, he, maybe um, he knew, but maybe he didn't know, like, the crazy music that's, that it's going under. Maybe they right. just said, maybe. Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe they were just. You think Phil Rizzuto was hip just on like, the meatloaf? <laughs> well, it was Meatloaf's first album, so probably that's not. That's what I'm saying. So he didn't um, know what he was getting into with that. Yeah, maybe, maybe they just, maybe he just was reading a, a, a baseball game and mm-hmm. was like, okay, I could see what this is. And then he hears it in the song. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now I get it. All right. Oh, now I turned it sexy. I'm Phil Rizzuto. <laughs> uh, I don't he know. Like, it is. <sighs> now it was just, like, it was just like, <laughs> you think he was like, I don't know. Stealing home on a two and one count. Just doesn't seem like good strategy <laughs> to me. Now, you know, what would be hilarious. <laughs> Take those two parts and swap them and put them in the other song. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. All right. If anyone has, has talent out there and you're not drawing a 40-eyed monster that looks cute, uh, do a mashup. Do a mashup. Where you switch, where you switch the Vincent Price and the Phil Rizzuto parts. Oh, man. Uh, and so let good. me tell you why that works. <laughs> because if they are actually flipping around the channels... Maybe mm. they put on the Yankee game. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they go past That's the Yankee right. game. That makes sense. And as far as Paradise by the Dashboard Light goes, um, mm. in Rocky Horror, Meatloaf plays a zombie. A zombie. Yeah. No, so. a zombie. You were right. First time. It works. Mm. No, um, yeah, he's a Frankenstein, but that's okay. Oh, that's true. I guess he's more of a Frankenstein. I thought it was a zombie. No, I think he's kind of a Franken. I guess he's a zombie. I don't know. He's whatever. I think you're. I'll oh, tell you what no, he no, is. I'll right. tell you what he is. Dinner. Yeah. Well, as I say, you're a Frankenstein if you're brought back through science. You're a zombie if you're brought back through magic. Mm. I think. I think that's the, or infection. That's the dividing line. I guess so. Yeah. But that depends on which but, kind of zombie we're talking, because I feel like old timey zombies are old timey zombies magic, just, and then at some yeah. point. It changed to like the modern zombie is all about infections. <laughs> the modern, the modern, <laughs> the ma- the magazine for the modern zombie. <laughs> Today's zombie is made by infections. <laughs> you one of them uh, modern zombies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. So no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Then somebody showed Vincent Price a uh, YouTube video of a dog falling. Uh, <laughs> down a step, uh, a cute little puppy, and he laughed and laughed and laughed at how hilarious it was. And they kept it in. Uh, yeah, the other part, well, they also, the part where someone slams the door in the studio also was left in. So, real, uh, some real production mistakes yeah, so uh, at the end of this song. But I would like to think good. that every time Vincent Price laughed, it sounded like that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I mean. He's just like at home watching like Alice. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just laughing like that. Oh my God. Him at a Phyllis Dillard concert? Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. Oh, could you imagine? Uh, and I would think like people walking past his castle would think, I assume he lived in a castle. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Would would be like, what is that evil laugh? Oh, it's just Vincent Price. He's yeah, he's yeah. he's watching Alice. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was you know particular... how he loves Hogan's heroes. No, no, guys, don't worry. It's just Vincent Price, and there was a particularly good Kathy today. So. <laughs> Just, uh, I'm just picturing now a Vincent Price voice reading the new, like the funny pages and being like, chocolate, 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 ack. <laughs> and then the uh, Vincent Price laugh. Oh, really wish Brown. one of us was a uh, skilled impressionist. Will you ever win? I know I can't even attempt to do that laugh. No. I, I would kill if I could, but I, I, or, I there's no way. No. I couldn't even begin to try. Um, all right. Anything else on this song? It's all right. It's gay. It's fine. I mean, it's nothing special. Let's do Expanded Universe. What do we got? Expanded Universe. Monster Mash. I call Monster Mash. Well, I said it before. They just like wandered into the Monster Mash. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is this, there's an alien. Oh, there's a, uh, we are in the wrong place. I apologize. Yeah. And the Monster Mash uh, people said dinner's here. <laughs> um all right. Uh, Anything else besides the Monster Mash? So maybe What other Halloween shows did we do? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. What if they get a they're uh, flipping through the channels and they come to a CCTV and it's Maxwell. Oh. And they want they're watching Maxwell. But twist, maybe Maxwell's also watching them. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, huh? Huh? How how creepy would that be if you're just at home, right? And you're just flipping around the channels. And then you turn on and like one of the channels is just like the security camera of somebody's house. That has de- like I mean, on your TV. I mean, that's definitely happened, right? Like there's definitely like wires have gotten crossed and somebody is like all of a sudden has the I'm not talking about hackers. I'm talking about like just randomly. It yeah, has yeah. to have happened. And yeah, it probably yeah. happened to like an 85 year old grandmother. I <laughs> <laughs> was like, hello? <laughs> this show is no good. No. <laughs> um, Half the time it's just people ringing a doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the doorbell channel. <laughs> That person's getting an Amazon delivery. <laughs> She's getting too much Amazon. She's buying her feelings. <laughs> Today's episode was really good. It was They got a pizza. <laughs> anyway, those are the two that I had. Monster Mash and Maxwell. Gotcha. So, so both the Halloween episodes. Yep. Um, Called it. I mean... Look, there's a murder in just about every one of these songs, so um, we got plenty of zombies in the story song expanded universe. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, we could do, list them. Do you think that? Um, do you think that at some point? I mean, he says it's 
you hope it's just imagination. Do you think at some point he turns and says, don't worry, it's just your imagination once Love again. <laughs> <laughs> Running away with, nope, it's a zombie. It's a zombie. <laughs> was it was it a reindeer or was it uh, a creature with 40 eyes? The, the grandma is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, something, something evil was lurking in the dark that Christmas Eve. <laughs> Yeah, the, I'll tell you what. Hey, guys, listen. Uh, sometimes uh, expanding universe is tough when it's the Halloween or the Christmas episodes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, Michael, yeah. you're good at this. Make uh, make the song Dark Lady fit into this. Hmm. That, oh! That one's, that one's creepy, dark, too. Dark Lady is, uh, she's the one who is um, who's hosting the the TV show. She's lighting candles one by one. She dances oh, okay. to gypsy music. Yeah, I think that works. All right. Well, I had one, but I was saving it to the end. So it's just let's make it the end. the end. Let's make it the okay. end. Well, I was gonna say, you know, at, you know, when they're watching the movies, obviously, you know, uh, it's 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 getting past midnight. It's getting late, and obviously, he's got to say, you know, wake up, little Susie. Oh. Um, the movie's over. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? So, and, yeah. uh, and does he also say you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here? Yep. Yeah. Because my parents will be home. So, so <laughs> and then he has yeah, cat's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, yeah. You can't stay here because I'm going to have cat's eyes in, in a couple of minutes. Don't look at me. I'm going to turn around. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. Oh, God. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play with this little, this little toy right here. <laughs> so don't look at me. Oh man, I'm not a monster. I just literally turn it into like a cat. Yeah, I just, yeah. I do cat stuff. I like see something in a corner and then jump and run away for no reason. <laughs> right. And then I'm gonna knock a glass of water off a counter. You, uh, you keep watching this movie. I'm gonna stare at the wall for about 15 minutes. <laughs> and really freak you out. It's really freaky. That out. is the freakiest thing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> What are you staring at? It's close to midnight, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run up and down the hall for about an hour and a half, mm -hmm. real fast, mm -hmm. and crash into the walls. I call it mm -hmm. the zoomies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, nice. all right, let's leave it there. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with story behind the story. Pantheon Pod fans, we have a special secret just for you one that is incredibly exclusive and only for you this fall pink floyd drummer nick mason is bringing his own saucer full of secrets band back to the states for a 28 city echoes tour and pantheon has your official hookup but let's have nick tell you all about it hi this is nick mason i've spent the last 57 years playing drums with pink floyd but now i'm loving playing live with my own band exploring the early iconic Floyd tracks. This fall, we're bringing them to the American shores. Join me and my amazing Saucerful of Secrets band on our Echoes tour. And listen to Pantheon podcasts for your chance to grab an exclusive front row VIP experience. Hope to see you at the show. Thanks, Nick. You heard that right. A pair of front row VIP upgrades for many of his North American tour stops, and they can be yours. Of course, that's not all. Included with those seats, you'll get exclusive Saucer Full of Secrets VIP merchandise. 
crowd-free shopping at the merch table, priority check-in to the venue, and more just for you, the loyal Pantheon Podcast listener. And there's more. At most tour stops, Pantheon Podcast hosts will be in attendance, and they will greet you and a companion. And you might just make it onto one of our shows as a guest. Make sure you get your tickets now before they sell out. Then enter the contest for the VIP experience at PantheonPodcast.com backslash Nick Mason. Winners will be notified via email one week prior to the event. So don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime experience. By the way, which one is pink? All right, we're back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Rachel. Yeah. Please thrill us oh with the God. story. Oh, that's of good. Thriller. Oh my God. That's so clever. That's so clever. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that's the first time we did that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we should have done that 45 times <laughs> right, right off the bat. In part one alone. Um, this here. is why I run a tight ship around here. Yes. <laughs> tight operation. <laughs> Here's the thing um, this is going to be short. Could not find a thing about this song. Yeah. It's no. a sleeper hit. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing to be said about it. Album um, cut, right? Never even released as a single. I think, yeah. I mean, it was a deep cut. Uh, I, I don't know anything about it. No, guys, stop. <laughs> I know everything <laughs> about this song. Uh, here's the thing there is so much about this song, this album, and the video that mm. we all know about Michael Jackson. So um, I'm not going to talk a lot about Michael Jackson, just BT dubs. Yeah. Uh, I will say that he did record it, and it was written by Rod Temperton, and it was released in the U.S. January 23rd, 1984. It was released in the U.K. November 5th in uh, 1983. But we're going to talk about the U.S. because we're Americans. (laughs) Um, Yeah, exactly. So The uh, only country that matters. That's right. That's right. U.S.A. So USA, <laughs> USA. So let's. No, I thought I thought you guys would join just, me in that chant no, of no, USA. No, no, no. All right, fair enough. Well, I mean, I think we talked about this off mic briefly. Um, bring the audience in. So we're not going to talk a ton about Michael Jackson, just because, as we said off mic, you guys know all about Michael Jackson. Right. Like, obviously, you could do a fifty-part podcast about Michael Jackson. Um, this song was written by Rod Temperton, just as one example. I don't know who Rod Temperton is. Yeah. I'm excited to find out about Rod Temperton. Oh, sure. you know um, Rod Temperton. Oh, you But I'm know saying, him. but I, I, I'm excited to find out that I do know him all along. Um, much like, you know, in a movie with the girl with glasses, turns out the ones you're really in love with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, like t- kind of going over the Michael Jackson career would almost be a little boring. Yeah, we we yeah. all know. It's... And so. So we're just going to focus on how this song came to be. Exactly. Uh, specifically. So let's start with Rod Temperton then. Let's okay, start, let's, let's do Let's start it. there because he did write it. Uh, and he also wrote two songs off of Jackson's Off the Wall album that you might mm-hmm. know, Rock With You and Off the Wall, which are both uh, pretty good songs. I think those are great songs. I think Rock With You is like the cool person's Michael Jackson song. It's like good. that song is incredible it's so i think fun. it's i mean in some ways i think it's his best song really i mean it just it just might be because the other ones are just overplayed yeah and i'm so used to them but man rock with you is such a good well, song let me tell you why you think rock with you is such a good song it's because okay. of rod temperton 
uh, we're going to get into them. So Rodney Lynn Temperton, yeah. For the record, Off the Wall is an amazing song. Too. Also, yeah, very okay. good. Listen, we're not choosing favorites in such a way. <laughs> Look, we Dan just chose a favorite. But no, it's true. Oh, that's true. Dan, don't choose a favorite. Let's not, do, let's not get into this. Okay? Let's just say that Rod Temperton is a very good songwriter. And let's yeah. find out how. Um, so Rod, Rodney Lynn Temperton was born October 9th, 1949 in Lincolnshire, England. And he was a musician from a young age. And so he answered an ad for a keyboardist, which is apparently what happened long ago that led to amazing things. Because we've, we've said this before, where it's like, oh, there was an ad placed. And he just kind of <laughs> answered the ad. Yeah. So yeah. he answered an ad for a keyboardist. And he became a member of and keyboardist for the pop disco funk band Heat Wave in 1974. I heard that and I was like, oh, that's a fun, fun, you know, first band. I, I've, I've yeah. never heard of them. And then I kept reading. So in Heatwave, he began composing songs for the band, including the songs Boogie Nights mm -hmm. and Always and Forever for Heatwave, mm -hmm. which helped them yeah. break in the UK and US. In my head, was uh, as I was reading that, I was like, well, that can't be the songs I know, Boogie Nights and Always <laughs> and Forever, because I've never heard of Heat Wave. Yeah. They are very much those, those yeah. songs. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. So Boogie Nights is the one that's like, Boogie Nights? Is that the yep. one? Yeah. Okay. So the, the Boogie Nights that I know, right. right, or I would know, is that by Heat Wave, or was that a cover of a Heat Wave song? Because I don't know who sang Boogie Nights. No, I'm it's, be honest with it's you. Heat Wave. It's Heat Wave? Okay, okay, yeah. so that's that. Okay. I, mean, the, the, I heard it, and I was like, this is the song I know as Boogie Nights. <laughs> Same thing with Always and Forever. I was like, well, did they first do Always and Forever, and then somebody else did Always and Forever? But then I listened yeah. to Always and Forever, and I said, no, this is the song I know as Always and Forever. Every day, love me your own. He performed with that band until 1978, uh, continued to write songs for them, but he decided to quit the band so that he could focus on his songwriting. And he, he left on good terms because I think he said, hey, guys, I'm not going to be a keyboardist anymore, but you know how I'm giving you hits? I'm going to keep giving you hits. And so he yeah. kept writing songs for the band. So it's through Heatwave that Quincy Jones, producer Quincy Jones, became aware of Temperton and he asked him to work on Michael Jackson's first solo album with Epic, Off the Wall, where he wrote Rock With You and Off the Wall. And he mm -hmm. later wrote Thriller along with two other songs from uh, the Thriller album. Uh, they are the songs that were not released as singles. And I don't have mm -hmm. them written down. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, there's, there's so many singles on. You know what? You go there, you go to the, the track listing, and then you can decipher which ones they are. Anything that didn't yeah. hit that isn't Thriller, uh, that those are Rod Temperton songs. Um, so, he, uh, so he came on, he wrote these songs, he worked with, he worked with um, Quincy Jones. He also became a very successful songwriter. He wrote songs such as... George Benson's Give Me the Night, mm -hmm. Patty Austin James Ingram's Baby Come to Me, Love is in Control by Donna Summer. These are just a few, by the way. And, and, and listen, I would like to preface this by saying, remember we all love 
Rod Temperton, and he is an amazing hey. songwriter. He also wrote Yamo Be There by <laughs> James Ingram and Michael <laughs> McDonald. Um, that is just a, a small list of the songs that he mm -hmm. wrote, obviously. He's also written right. for Shaka Khan. He wrote for Karen Carpenter. He wrote mm -hmm. for LL Cool J. You know, he wrote, uh, you know, he just wrote a, a, a bunch of songs. He was, uh, he's, he's great. I mean, he's one of those people, I think, that you, um, you hear him, uh, you hear his, like you said, Dan, you, you hear his name, you don't know who he is, and then you hear the songs that he wrote, and you say, oh, okay, right? He um, also I mean, wrote um, the... Sweet yeah. Freedom. That's the, I think, the Michael McDonald song, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he wrote Sweet Freedom. Which is an amazing what? song. Well, here's the thing. So in addition to his uh, pop songwriting, he also wrote songs in film. I mean, okay, they were also some pop songs, but he wrote, he worked in film. He wrote songs for E.T. He wrote songs for The Color Purple, and he wrote songs for Running Scared, for which he also composed the score. He was even nice. nominated That's what for Sweet Freedom's from. Running Scared? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. So um, he... So he was nominated uh, for Best Original Song for uh, an Academy Award for Best Original Song for his work on The Color Purple. The song was Miss Celie's Blues, which was written with him, Quincy Jones, and Lionel Richie. And incidentally, he lost to Lionel Richie, who also wrote, anybody know? Oh, um, Say You Say Me. That's right, for the w film White Nights. This is, I like, I, sometimes I like Backgrounder because it feels like we're prepping Michael for like, this is my SAT wanna... prep course. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. So, the, I mean, I think the thing I want to say about Rod, Rod Temperton, um, yeah. Temper, Temperton, you did it. Um, well, just that you know, he's one of these classic like behind the scenes guys, right? Yeah. Like you don't know more than you know. Like, yeah, but there's just like this whole foundation. Even like even a guy like Quincy Jones who had had hits as an artist, but then was like, all right, I'm going to be a producer and like, you know, shepherd people like Michael Jackson from stardom to immense superstardom. Um, but, you know, and obviously had, had done it with other stars as well. But, you know, there's just people working behind the scenes that you just don't know. Well, but like Qu Quincy's like, hey, man, we got to get Michael Jackson to like the next level. Call in Rod. Let's get a couple yeah. of good songs in here, you know. Right. And it's he's just one again, we're just one of those behind the scenes people that you don't know about, but are actually like propping the whole thing up. Yeah, and I think it's that also, you know, he he had that the the vibe, and I think it came from working with Heatwave of that pump disco funk thing that was sort of bridged the the seventies to eighties, right? So he right. was able to make that transformation to to turn all of that into sort of disco-y, funky pop stuff. Um, it's funny you talk about him being behind the scenes because that was a that was a choice that he made. It wasn't mm -hmm. like he it wasn't like Rod Temperton decided, hey, I'm not gonna be in Heatwave, but I want to be known as this songwriter. He shunned celebrity to the point where his nickname was the Invisible Man. So he was rarely oh. seen at, at events and things like that, but he had this, this great impact on pop culture, really. I mean, he wrote a song for E.T. for crying out loud. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, and he worked with Michael Jackson on, you know, huge hits. So um, 
unfortunately, he passed away in 2016 after a brief battle with cancer. But, I mean, his his work is going to live on for forever. So, yeah. And just um, as an FYI, the other two yeah. songs on Thriller that he yeah. wrote were Baby Be Mine and The Lady in My Life. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Michael. But Rachel, you made an interesting point um, about a song like Thriller kind of bridging the gap between like 70s dance and 80s pop dance uh -huh. kind of music. It's because it was released in 1982, which is a really weird. There's like yep. that one weird year. <laughs> yep. Um, and like. And 1982 is kind of it because it's it's just post disco. It's just pre what would what we would think of as 80s pop right um or like 80s dance pop and it's it's around dan correct me if i'm wrong but it, like it's around that new wave time um yeah. so it's 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 a weird kind of year because like you can't really define what it is like there's elements of everything in it of like of Disco and then like what the eighties would eventually become. Right. I mean, but Sound Michael effects. Jackson Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But I mean Michael Jackson is also the kind of performer who can embody so much. I mean, you have you know, you have a, you have songs that are basically just straight up disco, right? Yeah. On both on both Off the Wall and on Thriller. Yeah. But then you also have like Beat It, you know, that has like an Eddie Van Halen. Well, solo in it, think, like, yeah. which is like as hard rock as you can get. Like, he, you know, he was just able to do it. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot in the crossroads right now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as we get in not only the song thriller, but the when we get into the album thriller, that really that idea that you're talking about, Michael, really comes through with a the singles that were released and b just the production and the the, the album as a whole, you know. Um, yeah. But let's talk first. Let's let's stick with the song first. And then we'll get into the album. So back to this song. So um, Temperton was brought in and he wanted to write something that spoke to Michael Jackson's love of film. And so he started to write a song called Starlight, which we all know. Right. Oh, um, he, Starlight. Yeah. yeah. So he started with a great bass line, you know, and it he, he moved from there. And then he wrote the lyrics to Starlight, which we all know we could say it together. Give me some starlight, starlight mm -hmm. sun, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. So thank goodness Quincy Jones and everybody else. I mean, in. I didn't say it because you were saying right. it. Yeah. If you, but otherwise, I would have said it. So starlight. I know it's. I know it's your favorite song, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to sing it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So you could sing if you had the lyrics in front of you. You could sing starlight because it is thriller, just with different lyrics. Um, <laughs> I listened to it, and isn't that how yesterday started? What do you mean? Uh, well, yesterday, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, he. Starlight. He, starlight. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but he. Starlight, but starlight, starlight. Hold on, hold on. So, Bob McCarty, <laughs> but that's not quite the same thing because Bob McCarty wrote the the music, but he didn't have lyrics, so he yeah. just put in like temporary lyrics. But right. yes, it was scrambled eggs. You've got great legs. Was the yesterday? <laughs> All my troubles seem so far away. Again, but he was just, but he was just putting in nonsense yeah. words to get the no, melody. That's this is not a, the same thing. This is a legit song that was recorded and not released. By Michael Jackson. Right. So okay. maybe we'll have a piece of it here. Maybe we won't. Who knows? I listened oh, to he, it. It's he actually like it was a fault. It wasn't like a work in progress situation. He no, no, no. It is recorded and released it. 
Or yes, recorded it. He recorded Finished writing and recorded it. Correct. There is a demo wow. version of the song. Um, I listened to it. It is like being in a bizarro land because the composition is basically the same because he wrote that first. And it's just different lyrics. I cannot imagine. <laughs> if, if Marty McFly did yep, not... That's right. did- <laughs> Did not take the sports almanac. That's right. Starlight would be a huge hit. Here's a, here's a Polaroid picture of my favorite song, <laughs> Thriller. Oh no, it's fading away. The What's happening? The lyrics are changing. What's happening? Um, the, <laughs> the, I cannot imagine after listening to it that Starlight would have had the same effect on the world as Thriller. I mean, obviously it also, I mean, the, the effect on the world that Thriller had also has to do with the video, but sure. the song, the lyrics are fine, but right. the... In a weird twist, the novelty of the lyrics of Thriller, I think, mm. are what make it, made it impactful, which is weird, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think it, I, you know, obviously the song is a massive hit, but like we talked about many times, the fact that it comes back for Halloween every year yeah. just adds to the, like, now generations will know this song. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, so they wanted to use the song, the, I, I guess they wanted to use the the... This, the way the song sounded, they loved it. It was great. So they wanted to use it as a title track. But Starlight, not so great for a, a second album mm-hmm. uh, track uh, or a title. So Quincy Jones, he wanted something that was more mysterious and spoke to Jackson's evolving persona, right? Because this mm-hmm. is a time, is a, sh- is a shift in, in his career. So they came up with Midnight Man. Okay, closer. Okay, All Then right. they came up with Thriller. They nailed it. So Temperton said, I woke up and I just said this word. Something in my head just said, this is the title. You could visualize it on the top of the billboard charts. You could see the merchandising for this word, how it jumped off the page as Thriller. Okay. Um, in talking about composing the song. Um, that is kind of interesting, though. Like, yeah. That there is um, the, the almost marketing uh, perspective yeah. of it like that that mindset of like i think i think i read this somewhere like they they went in with the intention of like we are going to make one of the greatest albums of all time well Go. yeah yeah and we'll and yeah we'll get into that like michael jackson is very like specific about certain things about this album and and this whole process and this time in his life but i think it's also it it talks to i mean the thing that quincy jones says it it speaks to how they wanted to brand Michael Jackson at that moment. Yeah. And I think releasing an album and a title track called Starlight was not going to have the same impact as something called Thriller, right? Yeah. Uh, he wanted to be he wanted to break out of that sort of teen, you know, kid performer thing and a song like Starlight was not going to do it, right? Right. You know, Starlight is a 1980s Rainbow Bright knockoff. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not a pop music icon. Um, so in composing the song, Temperton spoke about the chord progression this way. He said, I wanted it to build and build a bit like stretching an elastic band throughout the tune to heighten the suspense. So 
it's interesting because that was done before the lyrics, right? So he wrote the music before he wrote the lyrics. If he adjusted the progression after, I, I couldn't tell, but there was still something about like adding suspense. So something like Thriller really, it lent itself to the music that was already there. After writing the music and deciding on a title, Temperton wrote the rest of the song in a couple of hours, which this drives me, always drives me crazy. And when he envisioned uh, a spoken word portion at the end, Quincy Jones' wife, Peggy Lipton, recommended her friend, who happened to be horror legend Vincent Price. And those lines Temperton wrote in a taxi on the way to the recording. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I love I love when they treat writing yeah. a classic song like I treated doing my homework in high school. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'll do it on the bus <laughs> like right. to school. Yeah. It was just a lazy Sunday afternoon. I thought I'd write a classic pop hit. I I will say this. It seems like it it, it does seem like maybe Temperton was, uh, you know, he was excited about the Vincent Price thing and maybe it came together quickly. So he was writing it on the way to the studio because Vincent Price was on his way and everybody was getting excited for Vincent Price to be there. Um, So, uh. In speaking about Vincent Price's work on Thriller, speaking of Vincent Price, um, the engineer, Bruce Sweden, uh, said Vincent Price had never used earphones in his work before. He reluctantly put them on, and when the music track for Thriller started, he jumped up from his stool with a very startled look on his face. I know he had never heard anything like that before. He asked Rod Temperton to come out in the studio with him and help him by cueing him where to come in and speak his verses. Um, so Vincent Price came in. He did his thing. He did it in two takes. There were originally three verses written. It was a long taxi ride. Um, so there were three <laughs> verses written. But, he got but stuck they, in traffic. That's right. But they cut it, but they cut it down to two. Uh his uh and, Can I can I say yeah. one thing that has never occurred to me before? So this is like the early eighties, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're doing this. Vincent Price is an old man by now. Sure. Okay, or or at this time. Is it possible? That Vincent Price had never seen headphones before? No, no, no. no. It's that he's never used <laughs> them before. But I'm saying, because like now, but what I'm saying are now, these like. contraptions? But I'm saying now we all use headphones constantly, right? Right. Like all, all three of us have, have headphones on right now. But like, but like, you know, like the Walkman didn't exist. So, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't like, I've never seen these before. But it's weird to think that like he probably like didn't have headphones on all the time and was surprised I don't, when the music was so loud coming I, out of them. I don't think he was as startled. <laughs> I don't think he was startled at the well, technology of the music. I think but he, he wasn't, was startled. But he wasn't used to it. But I think, I think he was startled by the sound, by the funk disco yeah, sound not, not, out, not, the, not the not existence the, of headphones <laughs> not my god there's small people in my ears what is happening the engineer didn't hand him headphones and he starts to like take a bite out of like nobody that's not lunch <laughs> no you yeah, put them know, on your head but i'm not saying he didn't know what they were i'm just saying he was not he was he was not used to them. It was an uncommon well, he, he situation didn't to use be them wearing in his headphones. work. I don't I I mean how many times was he in a recording studio? That's what I'm saying. For but I his think, work. But I think he, you back know where then, he was for his work? In a laboratory. Ooh. But my point, Michael, He's is- a mad scientist. Ooh. Is that at the time, I don't think you would see headphones outside of a recording studio very often. Like, I think you would walk around during the day 
and perhaps weeks would go by where you wouldn't see a set of headphones. Sure. Okay. That's all I'm saying. It's just... Except it's just weird to roller skating people with the like antenna headphones. Maybe, but I'm just saying like, it's a weird thing to think about that. Like maybe, like maybe if you added it all up, like Vincent Price wore headphones like 75 times in, in his entire life. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> you know what I mean? A, it's just weird to think about. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying. But yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I mean, that is true. The, the, the Walkman I think was released in like 1979. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So, so it's around, but it's not. Yeah. It's, it's probably around. not. No, it's, it's not, not it's, widely it, adopted. It, no, it hasn't hit its point. peak. Its peak. Right. And um, I don't know if Vincent Price at that time was was walking around with a Walkman. Well, that's also right, what I mean. Right. Like he's probably in his sixties at this yeah. point, so he's not he's not keeping up with the latest sure. technology. <laughs> I do like the idea of him just being completely freaked out by the witchcraft that is. <laughs> How, how have you gotten an entire orchestra inside of these tiny things? I Where know, are they playing I from? I know I am the master of macabre, but this is beyond even me. <laughs> Do you think after his first take, he took the headphones off and like started talking to him? Michael Jackson, yeah. was that okay? Did you like that? <laughs> Should I do it there, again? Buddy. He's not in I there. I heard him. He's in, he's in here. <laughs> he's in my head. Anyway, so... <laughs> Obviously, this song would not have been the same without Vincent Price's uh, laughter and uh, and his work at the end of it. And it, and the song. Yeah, I've is- I've always said this is my uh, favorite Vincent Price uh, dance song. Oh yeah, it's the best. Yep. Yeah. Um, did his- do you know when he was recording it? Did he bring his grandson Jody with him <laughs> I, to the studio? I think Jody was manning the phones to make sure that um, anybody who had missing pieces could could give Jody a call. Oh, yeah, yeah. He might have been in another room. Yeah. yeah. If I, if in all seriousness, like one of my like low key, I wish talents I had was to do like a convincing evil laugh. Like yeah. that's really, that's a really a hard thing to do. Only a few, to do it in a way that doesn't sound dumb. Like it yeah. genuinely sounds like an evil laugh when he does it. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. It's terrific. This, so this song, his work on the song led to a bit of a resurgence in his career. He was on the Johnny Carson show. Unfortunately, jo- I mean, Johnny Carson show, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Um, unfortunately, it was no, not the, the Johnny the Carson, Johnny Carson the- show. The Johnny Carson show was the podcast that Johnny Carson That's had. Right. On yeah, the yeah. Um, it was a tie-in to his nightly. <laughs> it was, oh, he it was, was on released TV on, too? It was released yeah. on 8-Track. But he led. Uh, but Joe Vincent Rivers- Price didn't know about it because you, you had to use headphones to listen to it. Yeah, so so Joan Rivers was the host that night, but he did it yes. to, to the audience. It was the only time he ever did it on TV. But he was talking about the fact that he was stopped in Paris at one point and asked for autographs for, by, like, young kids because now they know who Vincent yeah, yeah, Price yeah. is because he's that guy mm-hmm. who did the the um, poem at the end. Uh, and they spoke about the fact that it's very... It, the fact that it was written by Rod Temperton is, again, great because it sounds like something that is already there. Like it sounds Edgar Allan Poe-ish, yeah. Right, so he's he was able to really capture that that vibe, and it was great. Um, the song has um, its share of special effects. I don't know if you know this. It's got mm-hmm. some chains. It's got some door creaking, and it has some howls. Mm. My favorite story about the howl about the special effects is this one. So, engineer Bruce Sweden that we just spoke about, um, or just. Uh, he spoke about Vincent Price. 
he had a great idea to get these creepy howls. He had a great Dane. He was going to put him in a barn for the night with a recorder just going, with a tape recorder just going, hoping to get some eerie howls from this big dog. But apparently his dog was not having it. <laughs> and so he like came the next day and heard nothing but probably some like like dog licking sounds or something. And mm -hmm. uh, so it didn't help. So instead, the howls were done by the second best thing. So you have a Great Dane. What's your second choice? Michael Jackson. So it's either Great Dane or Michael Jackson. When I think Great Dane, <laughs> I think Michael Jackson. So all the howls are done by Michael Jackson, apparently. He did the howls? Really? I guess. That's great. I'm going to guess they were highly engineered by Bruce Sweden. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I love it. So Thriller. Finally, it was released in the U.S. on January 23rd, 1984. And it was the seventh single off of Michael Jackson's album Thriller. Wow. Mm -hmm. Guys, what are, what are the odds? Guess what? Well, this, the album had like nine tracks and <laughs> there were seven yeah. singles. Well, here and here's the thing. So guess what? Epic, What's that? Epic didn't want to release it. What? Come uh, no. on. Well, here's the thing. They saw it as a novelty song and executive Walter Yetnikoff said, who wants a single mm -hmm. about monsters? Mm -hmm. The answer? Everyone. Everyone, Everyone yeah. wants a about well, it's a single about monsters. So, um, can I say, can I say, why is there one random thing? I know it's gonna sound weird, yeah. But Walter Yentikov, however you say his name, yeah, I read his memoir, um, years ago. It's it's weird. Uh, he's definitely one of these classic, like, everything I touched was gold, I'm a genius kind of books. Uh -huh. Um, but he did talk about how one of his main jobs was like, so like Steven Spielberg would call up Michael Jackson, be like, I want you to write a song for. Close Encounters or whatever movie he's working on. Uh -huh. And Michael Jackson would go, oh, yeah, sure, of course, Steven, I'd love to. And then he would hang up the phone, and then he would call this guy, and he would say, call Steven Spielberg, tell him I'm not doing it. And then this guy would call Steven Spielberg and be like, listen to me, pal. You don't go directly to Michael Jackson. You come to me, okay? And I, he wants to do the song, but I'm not going to let him. I'm not going to let him do the song because you went to him instead of me and then like would like go like nuclear on him. So that Michael Jackson never had to say no. He's like, my whole job was to make people hate me so that Michael Jackson never had to say no to anyone. Wow. Like that, he's like, basically, that was like a big part of my job. Wow. <laughs> Wait, Very that's strange. interesting. That's and, we just talked to, and we just talked to Guy Pratt, who was like doing the bass for him for Earth Song and realized that Michael Jackson was hiding behind a table. <laughs> And yeah, was yeah. whispering to the producer, and then the producer would tell Guy Pratt what like the different the whatever Michael Jackson yeah. wanted him to do, but Michael Jackson could not tell him directly. He had to pretend that he wasn't there. Weird. He, like no one would acknowledge the fact that Michael Jackson was hiding <laughs> behind the table and whispering to the producer, and then the producer would tell him what to do. Anyway, crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So, um, so finally they did release it um after a year on the racks sales of the thriller album dipped and michael jackson was not having it and he mm -hmm. was like you gotta we gotta do something about this so they released it along with the video and it uh it hit the billboard at number 20 but it peaked at number four after four weeks on the charts um the it also hit number three on Hot R and B. 
It hit number 24 on Adult Contemporary. It hit number 78 on Year End. And the original release also hit number one in Belgium, France, Portugal, Spain, U.S. Radio and Records Airplay. And it, you know, it charted a bunch of, a bunch of different places. Um, yeah. I wasn't, so, so, yeah, it peaked, so it peaked at four. So it was not a, it was not a number one hit. I mean, not that that's. It was not a number one hit. Um, that's amazing. Which is fine. Now, I wasn't sure where to put this, but I'm going to put it now. Okay. So it was, as I said, the seventh single. After a year on the on the charts, the album had it had seven singles. So mm-hmm. you know, it it was it was long. As we know, there were six other singles off of the Thriller album that all reached the top ten. Okay. You know what my next question is going to be? Name those singles. Michael, oh, can easy. I start? Can I start? You, let's do one and one. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll say beat it. That's right. Okay. Michael. Um, PYT. That's right. Pretty young thing. All right. Is the girl is mine? That's right. That was, I think, the lead single. That's the first. So we, weird. We've, we've, we've <laughs> yes. talked about this many times. We have spoken about it. <laughs> that song. We have spoken about it before. That is the first song off. Thr- uh, the first <laughs> single off Thriller. The song is actively bad. It's I understand weird. why they did it. Because Paul McCartney and, was on it, but that song's terrible. And then let's continue. And I'm also going to say this: I'm not going to talk about the girl is mine in this in this when we get to the actual album. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we got three. We got three. Michael, uh, want to be starting something? That's right. That's four. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> After that, is there like a really famous one I'm missing? Yeah. Yes, a huge one. Okay. Wait. All right. So a, wait. I would yeah. say groundbreaking one. Um. Oh. God, what am I forgetting? Because there's, there's Dan, Thriller, Beat It, and I don't know. I'm gonna kill my. I'm gonna be mad at myself. Yeah, but, you um, are. Tell Billie me. Jean, Billie Jean. That's I. Yep. I knew there was a third one. I knew there was the three. There was Billie Jean, Beat It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all right, Michael, anyway. the final one. Um, which ones did we say so far? Girl is mine. Billie Jean, Beat It. B- Want to be starting something? And PYT. PYT. Oh, Human Nature. One of my favorite Michael Jackson songs. Oh, yeah. So good. Human Nature. So, yeah, each of these singles reached the top 10 on the Billboard 100. Um, So the song has reentered the Billboard charts numerous times. And in uh, surprisingly around- Every Halloween. I was going to say surprisingly (laughs) around Halloween. I'm not going to list every time it hit the charts, but it does hit fairly frequently. Uh, and in the week after Jackson's death, it was his best-selling track in the U.S. The song itself, yeah. It is interesting to me that, you know, number four is not bad, but it's interesting to me that it wasn't, it's such such an iconic song, such an iconic video, and such a song that you associate with Michael Jackson that it's shocking to me that it wasn't number one. Yeah, but I mean, I think that goes to show something about the charts that yes, they don't. It charts do not signify impact. Correct. Not all the time. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there, it, there's a number of factors that that come into play with things like that. Case in point, the song uh, is certified diamond. So you know, it's <laughs> it did okay. It yeah. did okay. So, yeah, it's like what else was going on that week, what right. what other songs were out at the time. Exactly. Um, and it, but it's and also it, interesting, like this we, this album was released in 1982, 
This right. song is 1984. That's the that thing. That never is, happens. It was so long after. And the, uh, the, the funny thing is, I mean, let's remember the album is called Thriller. Yeah. And it was the and they weren't going to release the title track. But the girl is mine. Let's get that puppy out as soon as possible. <laughs> it would have been a different story if they called it Starlight. But um, so let's talk a little bit about the record breaking album that this song came from, shall we? So sure. it's, it's the second album that Jackson recorded, uh, a solo album that Jackson recorded on Epic Records. It has sold over 100 million albums and is certified triple diamond. The album itself was nominated for 12 Grammys and won a record-setting uh, eight awards. It is the best-selling album in the world. It lost that title for a time to... Oh, can I guess? Yes. Is it the Eagles' greatest hits? That's right. Michael, you're hitting like 1,600 in the music SATs today. Uh, <laughs> but after uh, Jackson's death, it reclaimed, it reclaimed the title. The album spent a, uh, 37 non-consecutive weeks at number one. Wow. <clears throat> That's right. Uh, and a year after the album's release, Time summed up the three main singles from the album, which are Beat It, Billie Jean, and Thriller. Um, they said the pulse of America and much of the rest of the world moves irregularly beating in time to the tough strut of Billie Jean, the asphalt aria of beat it and the supremely cool chills of thriller. Um, the, I will say this, the other thing I like about the album is the cover. It has a very iconic cover. Uh, it is Michael Jackson in that white suit lying down, and then when you open up the fold, he has a tiger cub. Mm -hmm. He does. You know, I mean, that's all I have to say about that. It's just, <laughs> it's a, it's just a very iconic, iconic cover, and the fact that so many um, great songs came from that. I mean, it is a, I mean, it's listen, it, I, I, I'm not even gonna get too much into it because we'll just run out of time, but it was. Again, a groundbreaking album and a record-breaking album, and it continues to be. Uh, what I love about that cover, though, yeah. is, or it's not, it's not on the cover itself. It's like in the gatefold, I think, or maybe yeah. the back cover. But um, there's no context for it. No, for what the like the, for the tiger. tiger? No, there's nothing. Where it's just like, oh, is this related to one? Nope. No. It's, but it's, a, it's about, does he talk about, nope. No. Just, he, he just has a tiger. I will say this. If you, if you had a tiger cub hanging around you, wouldn't you be thrilled? I'd be thrilled. No, yeah. That would be a well, you take a picture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be a thriller to me. You know? It'd be great. But yeah, there's no context. And I, I, I don't know if like, I, I don't know if it's supposed to, maybe it's supposed to be like a, um, a sort of commentary on him going from young performer to like a like a you know a, and a full-fledged animal so like the tiger cub is old michael jackson and him in the white suit is like new michael jackson i'm really putting a lot of stuff in here that is not yeah. in the context <laughs> but doesn't that sound like it could be okay or they just, they were doing the photo shoot and there was like a tiger hanging out in the studio and they were like, oh, we should get a picture of this tiger. 
right? <laughs> he just brought a tiger. Let's face facts. He just brought a tiger. <laughs> and he was like, I want this tiger in this. Um, um, Rachel, you were talking about the the charts and yeah. uh, the kind of randomness. And we've talked about how random the, the Billboard charts are in the past. Of the classic hits that we just mentioned, keeping those in mind, sure. do you know what Billboard magazine has said is Michael Jackson's biggest Billboard hit? Is it Say, Say, According Say? According to Billboard, it is Say, Say, Say. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, what else is it going to be? You know? I mean, come on. Of all those, but classics. is that actual? Is that actual like sales, or how are they? Are they? How are they determining that? Um, I think it's time on the chart, and okay. um, I think it was it was number one for like six weeks, and so I don't know if it's like time in the top ten. There's there's some sort of usually yeah. the mathematical big, usually their thing that biggest they do. hit is not. The biggest hit. Yeah, we've spoken about this before. Like, yeah, like the Beatles' biggest hit is "Hey Jude," which right. is like not a bad song, and but it's like not the song you think of. When sure. You think of the Beatles, but yeah. Um, are we moving off the album? We were going to, but go ahead. Okay, I just want to say. quiz Michael. Michael, as I'm sure you know, in 1984, okay. there are only five number one albums. Oh, I think I could do this for the entire year. Yeah. Can you name? The five number one albums of 1984. Um, this is my favorite, one of my favorite trivia effects ever. Thriller. Thriller's number one. It would be funny if, if I went through all the other ones <laughs> and I was just like, I, I can't think of the last one. <laughs> um, so Thriller. Yep. Purple Rain. Yep. Born in the USA. That's, yep. You said there are five, right? There's five. Um, I'll help you. I'll help no, you. No, 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 gonna... no, no help, no help, no help. No, you get to, I'm going to help you with the fifth one, but continue. Um, I want to say Footloose. The Footloose soundtrack is four. So and there's I, one. I, I know it. I'm pretty sure I know it. Can I guess? Okay. Yeah. Sports. It's sports. That's correct. Mm -hmm. But sports was only number one for one week. So Thriller goes from the start of the year through the middle of April. When mm -hmm. Footloose takes over, Footloose goes to the middle of or almost the end of June. Sports is number one for one week. <laughs> the Huey then Lewis Born album. The, if anybody's then wondering, Born, then Born in the USA takes over for like a month. It's, it's. I mean, it's you know, it's only the month of July is number one, and then Purple Rain becomes number one August fourth and remains number one to the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> <It's> insane. <laughs> That is insane. I mean, a big yeah. year. A big year. A big, yeah. A big I mean, year for a couple of albums. Right, um, yeah, right, right. But like some of the biggest albums of all time. That's what I'm saying. You know, where, oh, where that's something like, That's yeah. why I'm saying it, yeah. The Huey Lewis album Sports is an incredible album. And like, yeah, it, it's it's huge. And all the singles were hits. And like, yeah, it should be number one. But it was like, if you look at the charts for 1984, it was like one week. That's it. Oh, yeah. Right. Whereas any other time in history, one week at number one is a huge accomplishment. Right. But you, well, yeah. I mean, it, or it would have just been more. I mean, because Purple yeah, Rain is also yeah, yeah. 
Purple Rain is the same thing where like the ninth single also like went to number two. And you're like, I guess so. Yeah. Like it just <laughs> never, it just never stopped. Right. So yeah, it's never anyway. ending. The other thing that you mentioned about the album is how many non-consecutive weeks was it number one? 37. That also does not happen anymore. No. 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 There, there are very, bad. very few albums that have non-consecutive weeks at number one. There was a time where, we've talked about this before too, there's like that slow burn where an album will be released in January and then it hits the top 10 in like November. Yeah. Or a single will do that. But like now most albums kind of, wherever they debut is where they peak. Right. And they're there for a little while, right. and then they sort of slowly fall down the charts. Very few albums will get to number one, lose the number one spot, and then go back. And the fact that he did that more than one time well, was uh, kind of impressive. And, I, but and I think doesn't happen. Well, I think that's also, it is, it, it goes to speak to Michael Jackson's um, uh, business acumen, maybe, like or his like strive to be number one. My guess, I, I didn't look, I only looked at this for thriller but my guess is that the moment it started to dip he was like make this go back into number one and right out out popped another single which made yeah. it go back to number one you know what i mean well the other thing so, is all of those singles did so well yeah that like after beat it was released they weren't going to be like all right three weeks are releasing billy jean it's like no beat it's going to be on the charts for right however long let it run its course. It did. Yes. And then the next single. Right. Um, and he was also doing other projects at the time. Like he was on, um, you know, like Thriller. Thriller was probably off the charts sometime in 84, um, the song. And then We Are the World. Right. Was, I think, when was that? Late 84, early 85? Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. So he was he was consistently on the charts. Sure, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, we could talk about the influence of that, specifically that time of his career uh, for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but right now, let's talk about that music video, shall we? <laughs> let's do it. Um, so the music video is completely tied in with this single i i don't think you can separate the two uh they're just they're just they're gonna be intertwined for for life uh the music video was the idea of jackson's manager frank DeLeo as a way to reinvigorate sales of the thriller album as i said after it dropped out of the top of the charts the video was directed by john landis the great john landis who was hired by michael jackson after he saw his film american werewolf in london and they wrote mm -hmm. the short film together uh, he had not seen any of John Landis's other stuff. I think he saw a Kentucky Fried Movie, but apparently yeah. he had never seen anything anything else. <clears throat> Just the idea of Michael Jackson watching Kentucky Fried Movie is such a yeah. <laughs> incongruous yeah. idea. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, to to pull back a little bit, obviously there are three huge videos at this time uh, from Michael Jackson from this album. Billie Jean, Beat It, and Thriller. They were revolutionary as concepts and in their airplay on the new MTV network, breaking the racial barriers and changing the new medium of music video. And that is exactly what Michael Jackson wanted. It was deliberate um, in, his, in everything that he did with all three of those videos. And in his 88 memoir, 
Moon... Moonwalker? Walker. He wrote, I wanted to be a pioneer in this relatively new medium and make the best short music movies we could make. On the set, I explained that we were doing a film and that was how I approached it. And in the, in the making of... Uh, it, in the making of Thriller, the, the documentary that we'll talk about in a little bit, um, uh, John Landis says that he approached Michael Jackson basically saying, listen, I don't want to do just a music video. That's not what I want to do. And the good news was basically Michael Jackson was like, great, me too. That's why I wanted you to do it. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. they, got, they got together. The 13-minute video cost an astounding $900,000 to produce, like an unheard of <sighs> amount to spend on a music video. But the cost was covered mostly by Showtime and MTV. Uh, basically, they uh, they both got the rights to to they bought the rights to play it exclusively on their on their sort of platforms and to help Showtime. finance. Interesting, right? Uh, yeah. Plus, to help finance the production, the making of documentary was filmed to sell it as an hour long event to the networks. So together, they were able to sell it not just as, oh, this is a music video. They were able to sell it as, oh, this is a production, like a film. They were able to fund it basically as a film production um, or like a, a movie, a movie production, which is why Showtime and MTV sort of went for it. I mean, this was you could not escape this. I just watched the documentary. uh I don't know, 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And it is so, I didn't need to rewatch it because it's so fresh in my head. Like it stays <laughs> with you. Um, the biggest thing that stays, does anybody, can anybody think of the thing that would stay with me the most from that documentary? I don't know. It's when he does um, the, go ahead, Michael. Oh, it's when Michael Jackson does something. Yeah. He does a howl and it's bless his heart. But he, when he changes into the monster, he does a howl. Oh, and the 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 werewolf scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael, we'll yeah. get into that, but don't you dare call it a werewolf. Um, <clears throat> so I will tell you why later. Don't you dare call it a werewolf. Okay. Um, it is. Anyway. <laughs> it is. I will say it is kind of funny that this video cost. What do you say? Nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I think I saw it cost. And it cost nine hundred thousand to produce in nineteen eighty three, eighty four. When when you know, videos were relatively new. Like they yeah. were like, oh my God, who would spend that much money? Michael Jackson has the most expensive music video in history. Yeah. Um, do you know what it is? No, go ahead. Tell me. It is Scream. Oh, yeah. The duet with Janet Jackson. That makes sense. Costs like at the time, $7 million. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. And that is the difference between Michael Jackson and other and other artists like he saw these as productions he saw these as films he did not yeah. see them as music videos so and they had a great impact i mean you know uh, again like uh billy jean i believe was seen as breaking the uh race barrier on mtv uh so it's he had there was a real purpose to how he approached these, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't just like, Oh, let's put out a music video for this song. It was like, no, I am doing something. I'm going to do something groundbreaking or I'm not going to do it at all. Um, John Landis. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no. I just, I think 
Dan, I think you mentioned this in the first part. Um, and I, I kind of think now is sort of the time to talk about it, but, um, Mm -hmm. Dan, you had mentioned like, it's weird (laughs) that this was released as a single because it is more or less a novelty song. It is about monsters. It is. I, I, my theory, I think, and I think they kind of talk about this in that making of documentary. One of the reasons that this song was released as a single as at all was yeah. because I think he wanted to make the video. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I, he but wanted also, to make a movie, but it also, a, a monster movie. He wanted to make a monster movie. He specifically wanted to become a monster. Uh, he wanted to become a beast. Um, but also they didn't think they could sell the single. This is why I'm saying they are intrinsically connected. They mm. didn't think they could sell the single without the video. You know what I mean? That's why yeah. they yeah. had to come out at the same time because there was no, or around the same time, because th- it was basically like, nobody's going to buy Michael Jackson as this sort of, you know, like spooky, spooky, tough guy. So we need something that, that will tie this all together. So it doesn't look like a novelty song yeah. as much as a, as much as a film song, you know, as like, a, yeah, a, the soundtrack a to this film. That's right. That's right. That's right. So and it it's also interesting how they do how they use the song in the video cuz the yes. song is they do the verses first all together mm-hmm. then the Vincent Price part yeah then the chorus and i think they cut a couple of parts out well um, they, the they, bridge is gone yeah they changed a I mean, they changed everything. They sort of had to piecemeal it together. John Landis speaks yeah. about it um, because it was a, you know, it's a five minute song. They had to turn into a 13 minute song, basically. Yeah. So. Um, and then after like the, the most famous scene is when they're all, all the zombies are dancing to the chorus. Right. They do that. And then the video goes on for like another five minutes yeah. and there's no music. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. You know, there's I mean, it's a movie. It's a yeah. movie. So um, so as we're speaking about the plot was based on horror movies, but it was also based on the fact that Michael Jackson wanted to be turned into a monster or a beast like an American werewolf in London. So they turned him into a werewolf. <gasps> or did they? No, they did not. Rick Baker said he didn't want to do another werewolf. So that's a werecat, Michael. That is a werecat. <laughs> I hope you're happy with yourself. Apologies. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, John Landis' wife. It is. Yeah. It is. I was going to say, it is one of those kind of left field choices where it's like, if he turned into a were- werewolf, it wouldn't be as memorable right. as like that weird cat thing he is. Yeah. His little whiskers <laughs> you know what and I mean? stuff. Yeah. True. And he has, and he has like, like the hands, like the furry hands yep. with like the long nails. And it's like. Yeah. And the big whiskers. What is this? But. Yeah. But in some ways, it makes more sense for Michael Jackson to turn into a cat. Sure. Right? Yeah. So it Maybe just Maybe like a tiger cub. Oh, there we go. Here we okay. go. Yeah. It's, all now it works. it's all coming together. Um, so obviously, one of the most iconic things in this, in this video is the red jacket that he wears, which became a, you know, a style of fashion. People wore it for Halloween. They also just wore it around. That actually was designed by Deborah... uh, Nadelman who is John Landis's wife and it was chosen to contrast against the dark palette of 
the nighttime scenes and so on and so forth and make him stick out. Um, that's why he had the pants as well. Uh, and it's also, it was, she needed something that he could really move and dance in and, and would move, move well with. Uh, it is uh, the coolest jacket. It is the coolest jacket. Uh, it was, somebody bought one, there were a couple of them, and somebody recently bought one for, I think, $1.8 million. So, fairly iconic piece of fashion. Yeah. Uh, Ola Ray, obviously, uh, for those that don't know, who is who plays his girlfriend in the film or video, is an actress model and Playboy playmate, and it was also the first time that Michael Jackson apparently had performed in a video with a woman, which I did not know. If I'm wrong, okay. let me know, but that's what the internet told me. But I think it's I mean, true. he didn't really have many videos before this. I know. Well, well, he had rock. I mean, Billy, he had a, enough. Billy Jean's the one where it's lighting up, right? He's all alone in that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And see, then I think you see like a woman's feet in Billy Jean, but I don't think they're ever together. And then in Beat It, he's in a street gang. There's yeah. I mean, there's not, I mean, <laughs> there's some, there are. No, I'm just trying to around, think. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Um, All right. Okay. In rock with you, he's rocking with you, dancing on. Uh, there's lasers. Is that yeah, the one with the lasers? There's a lot of lasers and moon and uh, like not moon, but like you know, it's very feels like he's in the middle of like a weird sphere. It's yeah. Strange. It's strange. Um, His co-star in Billy Jean was the sidewalk. That's true. Mm-hmm. The city was his co-star. <laughs> so. Obviously, in the <laughs> in the girl is mine. It's Paul McCartney's most feminine period, so that's there probably as close. Yeah, it's when, the when hair. they're like when they're like medieval jesters or whatever right. is happening. That <laughs> no, that's say say video. say, isn't it? Oh, it's say yeah, say say. Right, say, I'm say, say I think I'm wrong. Say um, say say was when they're they're like vaudeville comedians or something. Oh, yeah. But are they like are they like There's in a, a hayride? Is that say say say? Or is that the girl? Is I think so. Yeah. There's a lot going on in say say say. Yeah, it's. It's right. yeah. Say what you guys want. Like, that's a great song. I love that song. Sure. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I want. No, it's not. Okay, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> I'm gonna say what I want. I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> say 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 versus uh uh the girl is mine. Uh, well, I-, I mean the say 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 is better, but it's that's not saying much. The girl's mine is actively a bad song. You know what I'd like but- to do. I'd like to yeah. continue talking about one of his let's most go. famous continue. songs called. Let's Thriller. continue. Let's so, go. obviously, one of the most famous parts, like Michael said in the video, is the zombie dance, which has permeated pop culture and has been mimicked in movies and viral videos, including the movie 13 Going on 30. I don't want to talk about the fact that some of the stuff in 13 Going on 30 does not work out with the timing, though I think this does. Um, okay. And a big viral video that went, uh, that went huge a couple of years ago of a bunch of prisoners doing the dance. They have set mm-hmm. records of people doing the zombie dance, like Guinness Book of World Records of people doing the dance. You cannot get away from the zombie dance. Um, also, mm-hmm. it, it influenced Pat Benatar's dance and Love is a Battlefield, all of those things. Um, there was some controversy to the video with its themes being deemed occult and violent by different groups. Obviously, at the beginning, there is a disclaimer, and at the end, there is a disclaimer of the video. Um, uh, about not being involved with the occult. Michael Jackson was a Jehovah's Witness, and they don't like the occult, apparently. Um, 
I think that's a big thing for a lot of religions, not liking the occult. I yeah, don't I don't it's think it's just Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> I don't want to call so... <laughs> I would just call out Jehovah's on that one. But yes. So um so basically like they were gonna excommunicate him. And so uh they wanted to uh, you know, put a disclaimer in and he, he wanted to make sure that it was known that it wasn't uh, that this wasn't anything that was real. Uh so he had disclaimer there were disclaimers on both ends of this video. Um there was also some litigation later on, uh, years later, uh, John Landis sued Jackson over failure to pay pro- proceeds from the video. And Ola Ray also said she had issues collecting royalties and sued and sued Jackson. Um, she, that was only a couple of months before his death, uh, which was uh, which was sad. Hmm. In 85, the video won Grammy for best video album. And in 84, it won MTV Video Music Awards for Best Overall Performance, Best Choreography, and Viewer's Choice. It was also selected as MTV's Greatest Music Video of All Time in 1999. It is clearly one of the most influential and greatest videos of all time, It having an effect on music, video design, um, music video design, film, and fashion. It is just, yeah. there's no way to understate, understate it. Uh, the Library of Congress described it as the most famous music video of all time. And in 2009, it became the first music video ever inducted into the National Film Registry as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. The album is... Our- yeah, go ahead. I was just hard to argue with any of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, you can't argue <laughs> well, with any good. of it. The album itself was added to the natural, National Registry in 2007 with the opening line of the induction essay by Joe Vogel stating, Michael Jackson's thriller changed the trajectory of music, the way it sounded, the way it felt, the way it looked, the way it was consumed. No doubt about it. It is timely that we are doing thriller now because we are right on the cusp of the album's 40th anniversary. There is currently a documentary in the works for the album's anniversary. And in addition, uh, in November, I believe November 18th, there is a double album titled Thriller 40 that will be released, including a bonus disc of additional songs from the recording sessions for the albums that have not been released yet. The director of the upcoming doc, Nelson George, says of the original album's release, the release of Thriller redefined Michael Jackson, taking him from teen star to adult superstar who composed memorable songs, sang beautifully, and reached the highest level of onstage performance. Mm. Obviously, this moment uh, in his life, it was a time when Michael Jackson was trying to shift his image to a more adult feel in his music and in his look. Obviously, he had been known at this point. He, he was a known entity for most of his life, having gone from the Jackson 5 moving on uh, into his earlier work in Off the Wall, but even between Off the Wall and Thriller, there was an adjustment in what he was. Basically, before this album, he was a star, but after this album, he was a superstar on a direct trajectory to music icon. There was just no stopping it from there. It is super difficult to overstate at all the impact of the album, the song, or the video, on our culture at large. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Cause we could talk for four more hours about it, but you got um, a stopping point to it at some point. 
You're saying it's difficult to overstate. I'm going to try. So our entire civilization is based on this song. <laughs> uh, we did not have language until this song was released. Mm-hmm. Okay, Michael Jackson. Okay. Michael Jackson taught us how to speak. So thank you. Good night, funny man. Wherever you are, thank you for that. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Well done. That's all I have to say. About That's it. That. Yeah. Anybody uh, have anything else? But. I mean, there's a lot to say, but like we said, we'll keep it. I mean, I will say like, it's crazy to think like for the video for Thriller, I was at my, the the night it premiered on MTV, I was at my grandmother's house. um, And it's just weird to think that like my parents were aware it was like, we all gathered in the, in the den of my grandmother's house because like my parents were aware it was going to premiere. My grandparents were like excited (laughs) to see the video. Um, I made it. 30 seconds uh, until you see Michael Jackson turn into a monster, um, turn into the werecat. I then screamed and ran out of the room and refused to come back in until the video was over, which was tough because it was 13 minutes long, <laughs> um, but buried my, my face in the couch. Um, watching it years later, I was like, so Michael Jackson is watching a movie about himself turning into a cat because he's in the movie yeah. and then it turns out he's watching yeah. Like, wouldn't the girl be more impressed that he was in the movie? <laughs> like, well, she was in the movie too. I guess it's true. Yeah. She's also in the movie. But anyway. it's almost like they were at the premiere of right. their movie, uh, and she was like, "This is too scary." You <laughs> don't know what I was getting into. You're in the movie. Wouldn't you know what's going to happen? <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah. And then, and then the cat eyes at the end is one of the great endings. Of yeah. The, oh yeah. The video ever. That's great. And also so. spoofed and, uh, you know, and Oh, yeah, and a thousand changed. things. Yeah. So, so, great. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to learn, we're going to talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. Hey, guys, if you're at work, you're on your feet all day, or you're behind a desk, guess what? You need some great socks, right? You want mm-hmm. socks that are going to look good, they're going to feel good, because your feet are the foundation of everything you're going to do all day. And let me tell you a great place to get socks boldfoot.com okay it's 100 percent american made and your feet are going to feel good and guess what your heart is going to feel good because five percent of all proceeds go to veteran charities they're family and veteran owned and they have amazing bold patterns and bold names like bricklayer firecracker and jailbird and they have any kind of sock that you could need They have athletic socks, dress socks, and they even have compression socks. Absolutely. Guys, everybody needs socks. You don't want to think about it, but you want some good socks. When you're you're getting out of the shower in the morning, you got to put some socks on your uh, your feet. Let's get some nice looking, some Mm -hmm. nice feeling socks on there. No messy socks. No messy feet. No. You want bold feet, not messy feet. You know what? My days are already looking up because the (laughs) socks are looking good. Go to boldfoot.com. That's B-O-L-D-F-O-O-T.com. Grown here, sewn here. Thank you to Boldfoot for sponsoring this episode of the Story Song Podcast. All right, we're back. Mm. It's time for lessons learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Michael, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn from Thriller? Well, I learned um, two things. One, I learned that a werecat is a thing. <laughs> did not know that. Um, and two, oh, it's a thing. I, what? It's a thing. Yeah, I didn't, I had never heard of that before. Um, The other thing that I learned, and the most important thing that I learned, is um, while the song Thriller 
was a huge hit and it should have been a huge hit. That's great. Um, what really should have been a huge hit was Vincent Price's response song, uh, Creepy Narrator Only Wants the Best for You. <laughs> it stalled at like number 30 on the charts and it should have been a number one hit because it is, as dance songs go, Oh yeah, it was perfect. That's right. Uh, oh, man. Two weeks. I don't know if we want to explain that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is surprising that Somebody wasn't, there wasn't like a Vincent Price rap album. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. this was obviously such a big deal that they were like, let's just get this guy. Let's get him. <laughs> let's get his own, his own thing. <laughs> he could have done, he could have had his own like, um, uh, one night in Bangkok or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, Dan, that's a show tune. You did it. Well, it, it is. Well, that's the thing about that song. Um, I, we don't have time to go into this, but, um, well, cause that, that's like a white guy who does the thing and they release as a single and that guy would get booked on like rap, um, shows and then show up and people were surprised to discover that he was, you know, not a, a young black man <laughs> doing rap, but in fact, like an older white British dude, like people, he would say people would like open the door and be like, uh, like, Oh, you're obviously the manager. Where is the rapper who yeah. who rapped one night in Bangkok? And he'd be like, "No, it's me." Right. Um. Anyway, that's a completely but different that's, thing. That's from the musical Chess. Oh no, I, I'm aware. Okay. Um. Written by the Ava guys. So and Tim Rice. Um. Here's what I learned. Yes. You're trying to obviously all of us every day in our lives mm -hmm. try and avoid monsters. Sure. Right. It's like it's like job one. From, from the morning, from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed, and you can do your garlic, you can do your, you know, putting rice on the ground so they have to count it. You can do your silver bullets. You can do whatever you want. Number one thing, mm -hmm. learn how to dance. The number one thing yeah. monsters you do not like to. is people who do not know how to get down. You have so to. You take those you Arthur up, Murray got... dance classes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> any and any kind of dancing. That's what I say. Like. Ballroom, you know, what's the one where you're like super severe? I don't even know what it's called. Super you know I'm severe. Talking about. Is it the tango? What's the oh, one where you're sure, like, sure. yeah, the tango. That one. <laughs> I couldn't That's how they called. call it. They're like, oh, the beautiful severe dance of tango. <laughs> <laughs> I just know you're like, you're very precise, you know? Look, um, any dance that a zombie's doing is pretty severe. Hip hop fusion. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Any, any dance you can, you can do. And then when the monsters show up, you just do a little dance, and they're like, "Hey, this guy can get down," and then they go away. So, um, it's the number one thing you can do for for getting for avoiding monsters, mm -hmm. um, and then getting rid of them once if they do happen to show up. So, uh, yeah. Rachel, what'd you learn? Well, it's not what I learned uh, so much as uh, something I want to to put out to people. Um, for only a few cents a day, you can support. Uh, the uh, rescue of things with 40 eyes. They're not, they're not evil, you guys. No. They're adorable. And if we could queue up arms of an angel right now, uh, <laughs> I will say, you just look into their little eyes and how can you not give to save these poor little creatures? Mm -hmm. Give today. Call, call now. Call now. Just call, just call any number. And just tell them <laughs> yeah, just tell them you want a thing with forty eyes. They'll get it. <laughs> they'll, they'll understand. They'll so understand. do you? 
Do you want a reservation for 40? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I want to save the things with 40 eyes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just going to mm-hmm. put you on hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk to my manager. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Gory Song Podcast. This has been our nice annual Halloween episode. Um, if you could follow us on the socials, like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, we would certainly appreciate it. If you could write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts, we would be over the moon excited, uh, and we will read over it on the, the show. Over the full moon excited. Nice. Uh, so uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. Nice. I did it, you guys. A little too late, but you did it. And I'm Michael Gazelle. <laughs> Uh, We will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song I had something else brilliant and I lost it. Oh, well. No, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Well, we'll wait. No, we'll just sit here and wait. (laughs) Yeah, could everyone just be real quiet for a couple minutes? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.